I was just about to say, is it like settings like espresso to oh. coffee cup settings? It's not so much settings. So an Italian coffee maker is a completely metal kettle, basically. And you unscrew the top. Yeah. And there's a place where you put coffee, put it in this thing, and you screw it on with water in there. The water bubbles up to this upper thing and steams through the coffee. And it, like, makes espresso in the top thing. It's really, it's like ancient technology. Alan, do you want to put the top on that? No, let's let air out because I'll, like, cool down faster. I get the perfect <laughs> the perfect temperature. Seattle coffee snobs. This is dangerous. Open up your head, feel the show shot. This is dangerous. The the Italian maker does let you like make a good espresso out of any fucking grounds you buy, like oh. cheap grounds, like it just yeah. it just steams nicely. Ah. Welcome to the Super Hot Bad Guy Podcast, the place where we talk about the bad guys and gals from film and TV and discuss why we find them so sexy. We're your hosts, Markella Dykefist, Natasha Baptiste, Eric Blake, and our special guest, me, Alan. Alan Dykefist. <laughs> me, Alan. <laughs> um, Alan, you're my husband. Mm-hmm. You Alan, you're my husband. do a lot you're of husband. our visual <laughs> editing for the podcast, and guess what? Did you know that you always refuse to be at what? I was just pointing at the microphone. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You always refuse to be on this podcast, and I finally, what's the word, like, finagled finagled you into an episode once, and now, guess what? You are our first returning guest. Returning guest. Oh, yeah. Isn't that bizarre? Wasn't the Yay. first one Halloween? Was that the one? You Jason no, Alan Jason. did uh, okay. Friday the Thirteenth. Okay, that's because I wanted to watch all of them. Mm-hmm. So we do. So a new... what's it like being a return guest? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's wonderful. Do I get a gift? I mean, mm-hmm. is there, mm-hmm. there's no our presents, no balloons, mm-hmm. nothing. Oh, I brought you dinner. It's not that great, to tell you the truth. Um, <laughs> thanks. So we're playing a new game with the guests now to take their temperature. Um, so you get to do this. It's uh, the, it's called the elevator game. I'm going to give you a scenario, okay? okay? Okay. You are in a large hospital size elevator, the kind that's like double doors, and it's enough to fit like a hospital bed inside of with like equipment, so it's very large. Mm-hmm. You are stuck in the elevator with... Three villains. Which three villains would you like to be stuck in an elevator with? The stipulants are it can be villains from movies, TV shows, and just for funsies, you can also choose books, plays, comic books, villains from any other media if you so desire. Oh my god. And this can be based on getting out of there, super hot villains that you're into, or just like someone you want to have a conversation with, whatever you want. When you say hospital, I just think of hospital villains, which is weird. 
Uh, but <laughs> Dr. Which, Giggles? No, Dr. Giggles is an option, but he was born out of a, a lady, I believe he was in her tummy he hid, and he cut himself out. I don't think I want to do anything like that. But, okay, uh, he um, could cut you out of uh, the elevator. I would probably like Herbert West, because he's a doctor. I could, If I did escape, I would walk out with him, and he could say doctor things, Yeah. and I could get out. Um, that'd be one. He's a great villain, because it's not like he's going to go off, go around killing people. Yeah, and, so. he's, and he's also fun and weird. And I'd probably have a blast with him. I've always felt like I connect with him a lot. Uh, gosh, another one I'd have with me in there. Ooh, and I'm trying. I'm, I would be trying to get out. I guess. Who's Herbert this. West? Who's Herbert West? I have to ask because I am like the reanimator one. The reanimator. Oh, okay, okay. I cosplayed okay. as him uh, a couple years back. Hmm. Jeffrey Combs. He's yeah, Jeffrey by. Combs. Um, love that guy. Uh, oh gosh, also be. And then I, other people, I don't want to be really in a close space with them because they would probably be stinky or sticky. We get to ask them questions. <laughs> like pumpkin. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, like my type of villains I like are like you know the predator. He isn't gonna stand in the elevator with me, uh, but maybe he would. I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. You wouldn't he, even know who's the I see. You really have to think logistics because if you were in an elevator with the predator, he would probably try and get out, try and get out really yeah. fast, and he probably could do it. Okay, I would do Hans Gruber because he knows yeah. tall buildings, <laughs> and I'd probably be in an elevator, and he'd probably know what how to get what floor. I think I need we've to get even to. seen him in an elevator, maybe. Uh huh. Are those your three? Or are you Wait. not doing Predator? Let's do Predator. Why not? I don't know another one. Those are, I, nice. I can't think of another one. Nice. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. You want to turn it off? Oh yeah. We we're turning the fan off. Yeah, there you go. Um, anything else, Alan? You want to talk about your game really quick or anything? We can save that um, for the end. We'll do it at the end. We'll That's like a plug, isn't yeah, it? Okay. Uh, Eric picked Agent Smith from The Matrix. The immortal Agent Smith. So excited. Immortal to a point. Uh, there was like a couple episodes back where Natasha had mentioned. She told us a personal story about a guy that dressed like he was from the Matrix. Oh yeah, that? I was telling yeah, I was telling earlier, yeah. earlier today. Yeah, from high school. <laughs> I was just thinking about that earlier. Everyone thought he was weird until you talked to him and then all of a sudden you're like, You're so much cooler than all of us. <laughs> I, I remember that. I knew a guy post Matrix and it was like leather like long leather trench coat sunglasses. And it looked awful. Oh, it looked just awful. awful. (laughs) Dusters were. And he wore the sunglasses everywhere, like in class, out of class, didn't matter. Sunglasses. And the game industry, like I'm from, we a lot of people I went to school with, they all dressed like it. I mean, like that character, that character from Grandma's Boy. I hate to say it, but yes, I hate that movie, but it's true at some points. Uh, But but they got in the industry and they stopped dressing like that. That's nice. Thank God. Um, (laughs) Agent Smith, played by Hugo Weaving. Can we talk about his appearance real real quick? He looks like sexy, sharp Hugo Weaving. Yeah. <laughs> Angular. Um, <laughs> you know... And Imperfect teeth, but that's a good thing. It's... <laughs> because he's usually wearing his glasses and he has his hair a certain way, that's a... It's a villain where the character pretty much looks like the actor, except... It's almost not, because visually, I've just, I mean, I've seen Hugo Weaving in a lot of, uh, you know, tailored black suits, but not quite Agent Smith level. Not with that hair. Yeah. Definitely not with that sunglasses and that frowny face. Well, it was smart, because it was, uh, he seemed super robotic until his glasses broke, and you're like, 
Oh shit, there's emotion. He feels like it was so weird. Like, <laughs> oh my god, you have feelings? Because every time he would talk, so he his like inflection even changed when his glasses broke, and I was like, oh, that is awesome. That I did not catch. Not sad, no. Yeah, he takes his glasses off before he interrogates Morpheus. It's yep. being more human. Yeah, huh. it's, it's yep. just sort of. Yeah. But with his glasses on, it's like he talks like you would expect a, a computer to talk. Yeah. I totally missed no. that. That's like there's cool. no inflection, no anything. Um, yeah. Hugo Weaving has an interesting face. It's pretty attractive, though. He he is just a dr- different looking um, human. Uh, I don't know how old he was supposed to be in this film. Was that his first right big now. movie? Was that his first big movie? Um, was yeah. it his first American movie? That's a good question. Because I know he was last minute replaced for that role. We were just talking about where this and Lord of the Rings fell. And I was like, I think it's before. Oh, it's before. Is it before before Lord of the Rings? Yeah, Yeah, okay. It was, but I think he went straight to Lord of the Rings because they filmed Lord of the Rings for like four years. And then that came out in 2001. He probably went right Green screen to green screen. So I think he literally left (laughs) The Matrix and went there. But but he he did a lot of big movies in, oh my gosh, is it New Zealand or Australia? I'm so embarrassed. I don't know. Priscilla, I think he's Queen Australian. Queen of the Desert was the first like movie that I saw that he was famous for in different circles. Mm-hmm. He was a main character in Priscilla. He was a main character in Proof with uh, Russell Crowe. And I believe those are Australian films. So he must be an Australian I'm, actor. Right? I, I know it's one of those. He's an Australian. But I see he's Australian. And get it wrong. So I'm gonna look at it. <laughs> he's been in a lot of really yeah, great Australian. movies. Yeah, Australian. Yeah. Australian. He's like Hugh Jackman. Well, now he yeah. has. Are you looking at like V? You just you don't want to call mm-hmm. Kiwi an Aussie. I know. <laughs> he was also in Lord of the Rings. Crazy. Yeah, he was the elf. Pile. I elf. never watched Lord yeah, of the Rings. Yeah. Okay. No, I never saw it. No. Oh. Every time I tried, I fall asleep. Sauron's next. Does your boyfriend know you haven't seen Lord of the Rings? Oh yeah, he knows. He tries we to get do. me to watch it, but I keep falling asleep. Is there a bad? Is there a hot bad guy? I have Saruman, Christopher Lee, Andy Circus. Gollum's not hot. I think Saruman is, but... Saruman and uh, Brad Dourif. Uh, oh. He's the crusty, greasy guy. But you already did Chucky, runs right? around. We haven't done Chucky yet. Oh, We, can do a we haven't done Chucky? No. Oh, wow. oh shit. We will. I'm, I'm waiting for the series to end. I think there is meant to be only one other Child's Play film in the series, and then we could do him oh. as a complete series, but I cannot wait. So Agent Smith was his breakout role. Oh, that's okay. Right. Cool. Breakout American role. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. he just, and then he just killed it. Yeah. yeah. He was in well, that's everything. A big movie, yeah. Yeah. Well, that movie made him. Do you guys keep forgetting that Agent Smith is not a robot slash android character? That he is a program that was put into the Matrix? This yeah. is where my things get a little bit, my facts get a little bit fuzzy. But do you guys re- always like kind of recall that he's a program and not like an android robot type thing? Yes, because every everything in the Matrix is a program, even the representations of people. So those aren't like androids. Those are also just code right. floating about. He doesn't have like a robot form he goes back he to. He talks robotic. He's only in yeah. the Matrix. What does until he, mean? he gets out. In the first Matrix, why does he keep saying things like, the, the machines put me in the Matrix, I hate it, and my job is to get rid of all the anomalies and all of the people trying to, like, bust out of here and, like, fix everything. And once that's done, then I can escape this place. I hate being here. He's, like, becoming self-aware, like an pro- AI. But if yeah. he's a program, he's making it sound like the machines 
gave him this job and he's stuck in this dead end job that he hates and he just wants to get the heck out. Yeah. Heck out to where he's to a pro- the robot city. So is he like a program that would then be taken from the matrix and put into real machine land as a program? Is that what he's saying? Which it does happen later on in the revolutions. He does get out. That's him sort of, being put of him. Yeah. into a human being. Yeah, though. yeah. I just think it's like, and that's not what he wants. He just thinks I, he's dreaming that he can be alive. Like he thinks he can get out of this. He just, it's just in every, an AI, like every movie I watch in science fiction, AI goes against this creator. That's always the fear. Yeah. Like it gets self-aware. I don't, that's I, what I feel that like. makes sense to me, but yeah. in the film, he doesn't say it like that. Mm-mm. It is differently. He doesn't say, I wish I could do this. He's yeah. just saying, once you're gone, Neo, I can get the fuck out of this place. Yeah. The machines can suck my dick. I'm getting out of here. That's <laughs> yeah. what he said. But the thing is, yeah, he never really would because, yeah. like, we learned that other machines smuggle their program babies into the Matrix. So, like, he would have to... Getting out for a program would be even harder because yeah. there's no, like, body to go back to. Whereas and all then, the humans do have a body. Is there programs in the real world? Like in the real world where they're like in spaceships and there's Zion and the, and the machine city and stuff. Where is their programs other than the Matrix? I mean, all their, they're using computers yeah. and all those ships, so that's all programs. And that's where but Agent Smith wants like, to be instead are, of inside the Matrix? Those are programs under their control. Yeah, Smith's motives are odd because yeah. it's like he's trying to figure out what purpose is and then by the end of the movies, he yeah. thinks that your only purpose is to die, but he's a program that has become sort of immortal by self-replicating so much. So his like whole journey through these movies. Well, it's really religious. This whole movie is so religious. It's insane. Neo is Jesus. Yeah. And then just that. And there's so many undertones of what that is that I'm sure that somehow that somehow. And I think, I think Smith is supposed to be like a Lucifer sort of character. Cause he is created by this, like whoever created the matrix, yeah. but is also more like clever and twisted than the other angels, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> if you were going to call an agent, that kind of, well, they are like angels, but he does feel more like Lucifer. Cause he's the one that's like, I don't want to do this. So are the machines like God. And so far as they created the world that, of the Matrix. Like, right. in the Matrix, So the yes. machines are the gods theory, yeah. of the Matrix. Because the machines never enter the Matrix. The agents mm-hmm. are programs, so they're angels, and Agent Smith is the one that's going against the machines and being like, I want this, I don't want to do your plan. Correct. I want to... I don't know where he wants to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Matrix seems pretty cool. It's like a big, like, playground. Apparently he yeah. hates it. I'm wondering if I wrote down what he said. He was just saying that, like, he feels like he's stuck in a meat suit and stuff like that. Was that in the first movie you saw that, too? I thought he said that in the first movie. I think you're right. Yeah, he doesn't like the smell of people. Yeah, yeah, right. He doesn't like sweat and stuff. And then when he actually occupies a body, he just, like, starts scratching it up because he's, like, he's not into it. I mean, I guess I don't want to, like, judge him. I mean, wherever he wants to go in the real world as a program, like... I guess if he is a program and he hates being in a human body, which is what I'm used to, and he wants to do program things, maybe that's mean just not understanding his lifestyle, and he he wants to you know run through wires and meet other wire wire programs and the wires, right? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. And he's just not into the, like the human body thing, so I shouldn't judge him. I I'm sorry. I, that was 
Sorry about my attitude before. No. <laughs> <laughs> he just wants um. to be a cool robot, not a stupid yeah. human. Humans yeah. are name. Robots have tentacles. See, he's not <laughs> yeah. a robot. Well, he's a program that could go into a robot. a robot. We don't yeah. really know that, though, because... Yeah, maybe as a progr- no, as no. a sentient program, he can pick and choose where he wants to be. Because it doesn't seem like any robot ever enters the Matrix, and I only realized that on this recent rewatch. Because it's like, oh, they are always at outside. the end of the series, they need Neo to go in because none of them can jack in because yeah. they have a different program brain. Like they're they can't their programming doesn't go into the Matrix, whereas human consciousness and programs like Smith and the Oracle do. So it's like. They're gods in a sense of more like Olympian gods that just watch everything. Yeah. It's sort of a weird yeah. relationship they have. They can see what's going on, but... Uh, well, he's a hacker. Yeah. Um, speaking of other programs, I was trying to get more information from like websites and other podcasts. And I, I heard some really great podcasts describing, especially the second film, um, is it... Revolution? Reloaded, I think. Reloaded. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Reloaded. They're talking about, in the second film, when Neo is meeting the Keymaker and the the Oracle and the Merovingian, are those programs, number one? And number two, where are they? Is this in the Matrix? Those are in the Matrix. Yeah. And like they... the room with all the doors, the white room with all the doors mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. stuff, that's mm-hmm. in the Matrix. And, uh, so we're getting into like yeah. some of the logical like stuff us, yeah. that surrounds Neo, where the Oracle is a program who looks to sort of push entropy, whereas the Architect is one who tries to narrow an algorithm down and remove anomalies. So they're sort of a, a warring yin and yang. Like they're not, they're neither good nor bad. They're trying to achieve like some sort of harmony so within the program and the, other programs are like left the train code. man and stuff they're programs just like agent smith is a program and just like the little girl at the train station so they're exiles so they like Those came are... into the matrix as as code that's just either leftover or like you know, alpha code that was written when they were trying to figure out how to control the human experience, you know? Okay, then I have another question. Mm-hmm. How um, can they die? Well, they, I saw the Oracle die, quotation marks, just mm-hmm. from Smith um, consuming her. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I wasn't no, paying attention. No, the teammaker got shot. So I wasn't I, paying attention to the others. <laughs> I don't think you see a single program die because the, the agents that get killed turn back into the humans that they took over. Yeah. And then the, uh, like, Smith doesn't really die either. He, in the we first think movie, he dies he in the gets... first movie. So that's the other thing um, in The Matrix, the first film. Neo just, for some reason, decides for funsies to go through his body and destroy him. But that's what ends up creating this horrible, like, super agent Smith in the sequels. However... Little bit hazy again on how Agent Smith became Agent Smith again at the beginning of the second film. I don't know what the definitive answer to that is. Yeah. I always yeah. felt like so he destroys that agent, but because this has happened before, those agents have this protocol where when that happens, you become the antithesis to that to that anomaly, the one anomaly, because something has to trigger some sort of like response to that anomaly 
happening again because every time that's happened it's fucked things up for them so you're saying when neo at the end of the film realizes that he's the one then something is triggered in the matrix to counter that and it was just happened to be agent smith is that i just because there's such a theme of fate duality and they even like he even talks about how he's the yin to neo's yang i thought he was just saying that because neo went through him and he came back so now he's like, I'm a part of you, and I'm, I think the opposite thing, so that means I'm the opposite. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he's a program, but, but that like, has he's nothing pretty to much do... stating fact. Like, it's not like he's being metaphorical, I think. But that has nothing to do with the machines programming him to be the opposite of, like, the thing called the one that shows up every time the Matrix is reset. That's Agent Smith acting on his own and being like, well, I hate you this much and i have some of your power so i'm the opposite Mm -hmm. that's his thing he's like the joker to batman yeah Mm. no (laughs) the joker doesn't have parts of batman inside of him well i mean they're both psychotic (laughs) they're both a little psychotic (laughs) i'm delving into my notes i see i wrote down unsolved mysteries voice question mark especially the first uh interrogation scene with agent smith um, when he melts Neo's mouth shut. Oh, yeah. He sounded like if the guy from Unsolved... you're unable to speak. <laughs> Uns- great Unsolved Mysteries voice impression, and amazing Eric. eyebrow work during that scene. It's because he's got his sunglasses yeah. on. And he just, like, folds up his fingers. And it's all eyebrows from there, baby. Oh, it's amazing. It's probably CG. I don't know. Oh, yeah. his eyebrows come on. <laughs> Reloaded. <laughs> There's a scene in the first film, but also I think in the second or third, where he um, they show a close-up of his shoes, and he has that really polished, shiny leather shoe. And my response was, I wrote down, I will lick them. I don't know why. Because that's not really something that I've ever done. But I saw that I've, I've had this type of response to cars before, like really nice cars. I just want to put your mouth on the car. Just kiss it. <laughs> I mean, and kiss cars. He does a couple of dominating well, things in this film, as far as gagging Neo in the first yeah. movie, if and it then helps. he has uh, Morpheus tied up to a chair. Like yeah. he's got some skills. That's true, that yes, yeah. yes. But I'm thinking where my train of thought was when I saw that, and he was getting out of a car when I mm. made that note, and it's like maybe I've just seen a lot of like boot licking and stuff online. And a lot of like leather stuff. But he just, he had these really, really <laughs> almost like plastic, like rubber plastic looking dress shoes. shoes. Yeah. Huh. I don't remember his shoes. And I was like, oh, it looks like really clean. Like you just lick it. Does and it was really happen, exciting. Does that happen <laughs> in the early scene where he drives the truck into the phone booth? I have it towards the beginning of my notes, so it's probably before the middle of the first movie. But I feel like there was another scene in one of the sequels where they show his shoes again. <sighs> well, I do make a point that you know that they're coming. Like, the shoe sounds. Yeah. It's always, yeah. like, super dominant. Oh, yeah, that's nice, like, too. Like, way more than they should be, but it is nice. It is again, yeah. do not have a foot fetish. Hey. <laughs> But I love shoes. Oh, you Shoe fetishes are just as valid. <laughs> I think I do have one of those. Um, I think that's relevant to this podcast since we talk about kink so much. But I've noticed on men, I am so, so obsessive about if a guy is wearing really cool shoes, I just cannot help but stare at their shoes that they're wearing. It's like the coolest thing. Like I almost, 
I've thought about like taking screen caps of like just their or like cutting it's that word like cropping pictures yeah. of celebrities and just cropping out the shoes mm. and doing like a tumbler for <laughs> shoes. So who has who has good shoes? <laughs> uh, Jensen Ackles has mm-hmm. really good shoes. Um, surprisingly, Dan Harmon has really good shoes. Mm-hmm. Kumail Nanjiani has really good shoes. Jeff Davis. Um, you know who has horrible shoes? Mike Stoklasa from Red Letter Media. Sorry, Mike. Worst shoes ever. Also, from Wisconsin. I, Alan, brace yourself. <laughs> Wisconsin shoes. We don't have shoes. Max Max Adler has horrible shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just those big, giant tennis shoes that are like shaped all funky and round. Hate it. What do you think yeah. of Carrie Ann Moss's shoes? Hate it. By, by I which hate... I mean high heeled boots in every scene. She wears that all the time. You're right. I don't like women's shoes. Yeah. yeah. In this movie, though. I don't like anything oh, about her. Oh, men's oh. shoes. I don't like. Her hair, I don't like her face, I don't like her clothes. You kept saying how ugly she was the whole time. I hate the way she, I hate looking at her. I'm so sorry. She's really pretty in this movie. Yeah. I'm sorry, I disagree. Good thing it's not, she's not the villain of this one. Side sidebar. um, We're on a shoe sidebar. Just since I spent a couple seconds tearing her down, do you want to say why you think she's beautiful? Um, Because she wasn't the typical sexy woman in a film Mm -hmm. she's not like she wasn't what you were used to seeing as like a pretty female lead she's not blonde she kind of has more tomboyish facial features um they're not very soft they're pretty like not harsh but kind of um she had like really short ugly hair in the first film and the second film it didn't really change it was just like a really severe like ugly bob that was never really blown out <laughs> all that well um when she wasn't it's so fighting, bad in the real world too it when like... she wasn't in the matrix she was wearing pretty homely baggy I like crappy her clothes me too Same. this is why you liked her yeah because she wasn't like i think it would have been so much worse if it was like a Nicole Kidman type thing where you're just like, oh, fuck you. Like, just a pretty blonde. It made sense that it was like a regular looking brunette. Nothing special. Those are the reasons why I I appreciate her character. Like, I like that she's an older, Mm, more masculine, like, brunette. You could tell that she was not in her 20s. Yeah. Homegirl is like late 30s. I appreciate those aspects to the character. It's just like, if I was Neo, I would be like, oh, you're really nice. You're my best friend. I don't love you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love you, but I don't love you. Yeah. It didn't feel forced on her scenes either, like, when it came to being cool. Like, I just felt like she yeah. was cool. She's, yeah. Also, I should probably know this already, but The Matrix came out in uh, 1999. Mm-hmm. But were and those really the coolest sunglasses back then? We were just having this discussion. <laughs> so Morpheus has John Lennon sunglasses, and the rest are atrocious. I yeah. like... I like Morpheus's glasses. I don't like the glasses that the agents wear. I think they're silly. And then in the two sequels, their glasses... Get bad and better. It's like they're worse, but for some reason I like them a little bit better. Do you think it's Smiths or... Undefendable. I don't like them. Actually, we just watched Swordfish last night, which was like a thousand times worse than I could ever imagine. But that movie came out in 2001, and I believe the two Matrix sequels were coming out around those times. And I feel like the the very late 90s to early 2000s was going through this very strange... They were trying to bring back the 70s disco era. And remember, we had and the hacking. flare... 
Hacking. We had the flare jeans. There was a lot of hacking, but there was like there was like the Mod Squad with Giovanni Ribisi and oh, stuff. Oh god, and Claire Danes. Yeah, and Claire Danes and movies like Swordfish, and then it bled over into like. I guess the Matrix a little bit because the glasses that the agents wear in the two sequels are very of an era that was like trying to be modern, but also let's go to the disco. And there was more branding because it was a sequel. They were more money was put in. They put more. Oh, do you more, think those glasses were like? They were brands? all yeah. They were all sold. I know they were because I could go in the stores. You could get special ones for each one. Like I, I swear Somebody to God, I saw that. Somebody wearing like yeah. a Gucci glasses. Yeah. And Swordfish was after the Matrix. Yeah. So that's so hackers was. First and then oh, Matrix, yeah. and yeah. then when was the Matrix? Oh yeah, there's sequels? a whole. The Matrix sequels were 2003. Yeah. Oh, oh really? Actually, so Swordfish yeah. Is so those. Swordfish is. Swordfish is so the sunglasses, the sunglasses bleed for sure, for yeah. sure. I just because yeah. I just watched that last night and it kind of felt like the Matrix sequels was still of that weird. And they did the, they did the slow motion camera thing era. too. The movie opens on a slow motion camera shot of an explosion. Wow. Yeah. It just goes for about like five like five oh, minutes. We felt like yeah, We're like when's this gonna end? I was like swordfish. Oh, yeah. Swordfish has like award winning talent, but not for swordfish. Oh no, it doesn't. No. That movie makes me want to throw up. I hated. I saw it once in theaters. Like, like it was though. so offensive in every way possible. Yeah. So, so offensive. <laughs> John Travolta, Gabriel Shear. Our next episode. <laughs> no, He's I will not hate. Oh my god, that makes me laugh. I just don't want to watch that movie ever again. <laughs> no, no one did. I, I, even, I forgot about it until you mentioned it last night. I was like, oh yeah, let's. Well, it was streaming on Netflix. That was. Yeah. What am I? What am I gonna do? Yeah. All right. Uh, not watch it. Yeah, I know the Matrix. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I want to bring us back to Agent Smith, but it's yeah, like, yeah, sure. We've yeah. gone from shoes to. Classes. Other bad movies, and uh, yeah. <laughs> I do like that too. And I do think that uh, shoes would be a good intro track, but for what? For this episode. Oh my god. Oh shoes. my god, shoes. <laughs> no, dude. Yes. The Matrix gives us so many good songs to work with. Rage Against the Machine. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> Look at all of oh, those bands of right up Lincoln there. Lincoln Park. Oh. P.O.D. Dave Matthews Band. P.O.D. Wait, <laughs> Dave. Well, it's a Christian It was an rock. era. It they was probably an era. Yeah. yeah. Reloaded is a bad movie. It does have David Matthews. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. Reloaded, I also really dislike that movie because Reloaded is one of those movies. I mean, after The Matrix, like that's what follows up The Matrix. And there's a lot of stuff in The Matrix that I don't like. Like, I don't think it's that. I would give it like a three and a half out of five. But, oh, you're looking at me very strangely. I love that bad. Movie. Are you, you like it more? Um... I think I misheard though. What did you say? Repeat that again. I would give The Matrix as a standalone film maybe a three and a half to four stars out of five stars because there's a lot that I dislike in it. However, it's the, in the national film industry. <laughs> what I do like, what I do like about the first film is all of that really gross body horror. Like they melt his mouth shut. And there's that spider. Tummy spider? The tummy yeah. spider that yeah. crawls in his belly button. And then they shoot it back up out of oh, him. Yeah. That's so cool. I love that. And, yeah. And then the icky birth. The yeah. worst birth ever. With yeah. all the plugs. Pipes and they fly that's yeah. all in like, And that's all in like a pretty sweet eight minutes. Where yeah. in the theaters, I remember being a kid, it was like, oh. To me, those yeah. are definitely so the best parts of that movie. Plus when Agent Smith is talking about like, Humankind is a virus. This yeah. has been unsolved mysteries. Um, and then, like, jumping from that into Reloaded, where that is a movie where Neo, who flew off into the sky in the mm-hmm. first film, it made him seem so magical and important. That's the biggest thing, was... Yeah. yeah. 
at the end of the first film, he's so fucking important. And then in the second film, he's just some random guy in this huge city of humans that kind of, in the first film, there's like this like desperate ship where everything just seems so important and yeah. like drastic and like small. And then you go to Zion and it's like all these people are treating Morpheus like shit instead of this like amazing like prophet. And then Morpheus is just this guy that has an ex-girlfriend and everybody hates him. This and is then, part of why I think I give it more as a standalone because it's like, oh, if the other two hadn't been made, it would have been perfect. It's so good. I'm it's a pretend, perfect ending. You can let that flying thing go. Yeah. From here on out, you can think about I'm going to pretend like the Matrix. Cool. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm running along with my explanation because I yeah. haven't gotten to why I hate it the most. I hate it the most because Neo, he goes into a room and he talks to this person. Then he goes into another room and he talks to this person. And then he goes into this other room and talks to this person. And they're all linked together with like karate fights. And that's mm -hmm. it. That's the movie. Like you just go and talk to people in different rooms. I agree. Like the made for TV film out there. Don't watch it. It's trying. It explains <laughs> a lot. It's trying to build a lore into this world that really we did not need to have. In yeah. all honesty. And, and they this needed is, the money for <laughs> time. And it was really. That's what it was. But there is one I will. I will say. I don't. I'm agree. I agree with you. It is bad. Uh, but for me, as an action fan, there is a scene at, at the end of a, on a highway where they actually built that highway. And this is me yeah. just as a film nerd. Oh, you're talking about Reloaded? Oh, yes, yeah. and Reloaded. Okay. And that last scene. Okay, I'm talking <laughs> the last scene. Not the first one. First one's perfect. Uh, but the, that last scene on the freeway, I love that still to this day. I need to rewatch it. And uh, because they built that whole highway and they filmed it on a real highway, that's not CG. They built that, um, and it was crazy. And I also had a weird thing and. Uh, my backstory in the Matrix is I was such a fan of it. I was, that was my movie. Like that made me. I was like, oh, every nerd thing I love. I, I was in the computers. I was in the just. I don't know. Everything came to life in that movie when I was a child. Um, a child, sixteen, seventeen, whatever. And then when I got uh, later on, I got lucky enough to work on the the MMO that came out, the Matrix MMO, and I got to work with the official comic book artist that the Wachowskis let me work with, and I did like some of the storyboard stuff with him. And uh, it was it was complicated. It was very complicated. They were trying to build a lore in the video game just as complicated in the movie, and I could not understand it. And I, I lost my interest in The Matrix during that time as I was working That's out. really sad. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember, because I already asked you this, but I forgot. Mm. There's different Matrix video games? There are a lot of Matrix video games. So one... you didn't work on the one where there's a giant Agent Smith at the end that yeah. flies around and fights? No, and I barely worked. This was more happens a side work type thing. There's a <laughs> yeah, Matrix yes. video game where and there's Path a giant Neo. Agent Smith. Path of the Neo is the standalone. And Neo is like yeah, flying yeah. around his head and like kicking yeah. him in the nose and stuff. See, apparently. The, and then there's Enter the Matrix. Which <laughs> Enter was, the Matrix is cool. That, that one whole, had the little CG scenes they filmed separately on set for to put into the game. That so whole build tie the had some yeah. cool stuff. It's a brilliant. And, uh, it was actually an early smart marketing way they were tying yeah. things. Um, the MMO was just a really bad. I won't lie. And I and I was not actually working on that. I just helped a little bit on side. I was working on another game at the time, but our studio merged with WB. And then they asked me because I was doing some art on the side to do it. So it was I worked on it a little bit. It's not did like you, a full. Did you did you draw Agent Smith? I didn't draw anything. I, I was not allowed to draw anything because he he was the dedicated artist that only the Wachowskis could talk to. Like they talked directly to him. You could not talk to them. They only what allowed him. What did you do him. on the game? I just helped the motion graphics. He would draw it, and I would make a cinematic for it. So every week. Did you work on Agent Smith stuff? I don't remember. I can't remember. They're really shitty Cinemax. I would not show <laughs> it. <laughs> you probably wouldn't put Agent Smith yeah, into yeah. something like this. <laughs> okay. Anyways, I'm just saying, I lost my love of it a little bit because I did get to see 
kind of in inside just hearing people working on it, how much they hated it like all these people are my age and we're working on this and they're all just kind of hate the matrix <laughs> which oh, is kind of hilarious because they grew up and we all loved it dusters, all of us yeah. yeah we all loved it i mean yeah and, uh, i could hear that i was like oh it's getting its fatigue that's i was in like, the middle um, of it yeah. when someone works at a mayonnaise farm they just never want to eat mayonnaise again <laughs> yeah, that's what exactly. i heard yeah I'm sure, or, I mean, there are probably people on, like, later Mega Man games who it's like, oh my god. Oh, that happens anything. Why are we beating no. this dead horse I used to love? It's Star Wars, yeah. you know. Anyways. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because being a nerd is cool now, so they're yeah. going to beat that, that horse till it's nothing. In my notes, I put in parentheses, what does Smith look like in real life? Mm. Meaning, as a program, I think I've had a little bit of time to think this through more but if he was a program out of the matrix i think he would just the only yeah. way you would be able to see him is through those computer codes so i guess that's his or true he'd form. be one of the, he'd go into one of those spiky machine bodies yeah. either so and he's a program that will just take over <laughs> machines he basically just seemed like a virus wasn't he just a virus i mean he was the know. one that was like you're a plague a virus yeah, but humans he... are a disease. Grab bag of big words to describe the same thing. I felt thing. like Agent Smith and all of his little cronies were like becomes... acted like a virus more than anything else. I wish that in the sequels he would have like realized that about them himself themselves, because in Reloaded and I'm sorry, is it Revelations or Revolutions? Revolutions. Revolutions. Revelations He's... is better. Right? His whole yeah. thing is like, I'm going to attach everyone in the Matrix and they're yeah. going to become me. Yeah, which is what a virus does. And <laughs> and and I mean, that's what he was complaining about in the first film. That's what he was calling humans. But then he turns around and does it himself. But there's never a point in time where another character is pointing that out to him or he's never he never admits that that's what he's becoming. Yeah. And I'm not sure why we never got that. The second movie and the third movie, in the second movie, I feel like he's very Freddy Krueger, like, me, 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 me too. too. Yeah. And, then, and then he steps on a tomato from that lady's groceries that he kept, yeah. and that is great. But in the third one, he's more of a classic villain, and I think he's a much better villain in the third. Like, I think they give him some cool villain trope stuff that's not quite as Freddy Krueger-like. Yeah. Or, but he, They're trying to make it deep, but I think he just has yeah. cool stuff. In the second and third film, he has a lot of lines that are meant to be um, comic relief, like the Me Too. And he says something else, like something in the third about one, like. I feel like it's more creepy. Like when he starts repeating things that people he takes over, like heard or said, I think that was pretty cool. And then it pays off later. But like when yeah. when he takes over, when he confronts the Oracle. And she asks about the little girl, and he repeats something the little girls said. I was like, that's creepy, and like, it shows how his power is. When he's is... talking to the little girl? When he's talking to the Oracle, he repeats something she said to the little girl to creep her out, and I was like, effective. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. In the third film, he's talking to the little girl, and he treats her really sweetly. Like, he's not a jerk, he doesn't like turn around and do anything mean. Well, then he absorbs her. Does he? Turns her into a smith. Yeah. Oh well, before that. And the smith that she turns into, it's implied that that smith was her before, and that's why he's saying that line. I was gonna ask oh. you that, but I didn't. <laughs> okay, so he is saying that because everybody he absorbs. So I was actually reading about that today. That's why at the end of the third film, when he's fighting Neo Dragon Ball Z style, 
and he and it's like raining and he gets like crazy emotional because he starts to be like oh god what does he say he starts to really freak out um, i just showed ellen my my note where i also wrote straight up dragon ball z <laughs> yeah it's dragon ball z <laughs> fight dragon in the rain. Bales. So when he starts to like freak out he's like is it over so cute <laughs> get away from me yeah that's cool and I, then I he's like, like he freaks why out did at i the say end. that because um, he repeats an oracle line. So yeah. it's like that comes back in a cool way. I, so I people that was are cool. saying that um, he's like, and then I'm supposed to say, and then he says something really cryptic. And it's something I think the oracle said like once or twice yeah. before. And so that's like the oracle because she's such a strong program. She's like coming out and he's like getting really confused and stuff. But I just think that as a sentient program with all of this like passion, it's really endearing when he's he kind of loses it because the whole time he's very, I know he's not a robot, but he's very robotic and he's very like calm and strict and um, has like a one track, like emotion system. But he's just like, is it over? And I'm like, oh, yeah. baby. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. But uh, the last note that I wrote actually was um, Smith is a sympathetic villain because he did everything, all of his moves in the three films he did all of that and like went through and turned the entire matrix into himself and potentially ruin the entire matrix and the entire real world too is what he was planning to do. Cause didn't he say something about when I get into the real world, he was going to like fuck everything up there too. Mm. He was doing all of that just because he wished he could be something else. <gasps> Can you believe it? He just wants to escape. <laughs> like he has so much emotion because he didn't want to be put in this yeah. box and he didn't want to be told what to do he wanted to do what he wanted to do mm-hmm. that's like a hero theme right mm-hmm. yeah he just went about it the wrong way yeah yeah but like back when i was taking notes see that's why i was bringing up like oh it's hard for me to break like i keep thinking of him as a robot for some reason especially when i was watching He's the kind first- of a robot he is like I get like the difference between like a pro- a program versus a robot versus a machine because if you guys didn't notice the machines in real life they're always referred to as machines these aren't robots that took over the world that's like a trope that we always have in movies in TV and film like robots and uh, AI taking over but they never call them that in the Matrix films they call them machines the machines did this I suppose because they're dealing with the physical part of them but. Their machine's consciousness is a program. So they are ro- like sentient robots? It se- and from, from the prequels, that would very much seem to be the case. And we never even see the machines. Like, we see the big sunshine baby robot machine at the end, and we see the sentinels, which are basically like little puppy dogs. And you see some fly up right before the big one. Some fly up like, ooh, looky-loos, like okay. citizen robots, but then they all fly away and get scared because the big one is gonna make a baby face and and so one of my notes in the first matrix was it's fun to see a white robot guy do jujitsu slash kung fu because it's like a he's like a jim moriarty type looking guy and he's just a very caucasian young young man in a suit but he's doing all these like karate things karate in a suit looks cool yeah i don't know what it was it just because it seems like in the first half of the film, he's like in the interrogation room. He's acting like a, like a like a CIA agent, and he has like a briefcase or maybe not. And he's in like a car, and he just seems very like boring and standard and closed mouthed. And then he's like doing all these in the 
train station scene at the end of the film when him and Neo are fighting, it's, it, I guess it was just cool to see him do all those like karate type moves or jujitsu, I'm sorry, kung fu. I don't really know what they're doing. So I, I got a question too, is like, I, I like the first movie. I actually was not a big Agent Smith fan. I like Cypher, which was my villain in the movie. And I, I know that's weird. But Cypher, Cypher, the rapey guy? The, yeah. He's, yeah, he's yeah, the he's, guy who wants to go he back. He yes. was a... And, he was the kind of the other villain, and I thought yeah. the movie was stronger because it wasn't so. It had a kind of balance between those two. Yeah, he yeah. was a greater evil because he represents the you know willing to be enslaved, yeah. which is sort of their greatest enemy. Because you know they shouldn't have woken that guy up. You yeah, know? he was more interesting to me than Agent Smith. And then when they lost him, and then it just focused on Agent Smith, I was actually less interested in Agent Smith. I always felt he was kind of weak. Really, he just kind of was a visual, cool-looking thing. And I always felt like they had to always have another villain, if you notice. Like, in each one of those movies, there's like, oh, there's a vampire guy. Or was it, like, what was that guy? The, the ghost twins. I just think it's like yeah, them realizing that Agent Smith is not strong enough to just have scenes. And to... they always have to get, like, someone that's already in the mix. Like, mm-hmm. in the circle. Like, the guy who was like, um, okay, I forgot who they are. But yeah. uh, the guy, he picked up the phone, he takes the paper, and he picks up the phone, and he goes. But the other guy kind of gets left behind. He gets turned into an agent. Mm-hmm. And then there's another guy that's in the whole pod in uh, the uh, where Neo lives. Oh, Zion. 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 Yeah, yeah. And he like cuts his hand and he's going after like yeah. Neo and like that. doesn't get to him in time. Like he always has somebody in the inner circle that yeah. he can like turn so he can be like, yeah, I'm still in this. Yeah. Because like his those, character yeah. isn't so interesting. There's not a lot of depth. And he's not so Superman. Because my thing is, like, Agent Smith is another Superman. It's like Superman versus Superman again thing. Yeah. And I like more the, the idea that this is more of an internal yeah. villains that are actually in the city. That's more interesting to me as characters. Oh, yeah. So, I definitely... Uh, I see their kind of... Their anime influence peak in here. Because I think Agent Smith, like, the other villain, he follows a very similar story arc, mm-hmm. is Akira. Because, yeah. you know, starts as a weakling, just mm-hmm. part of this unit. But, like, slowly is, like, unlocking this power. And by the end, it's just something that has to be destroyed. So he's this sort of different villain where he's not just a two-faced human villain like Cypher in the Mm -hmm. first movie. Yeah. But the second movie, he's kind of a Freddy Krueger. Like, is still (laughs) building his army. Like, you're not really... You realize there's a bunch of them, but you're not realizing he's turning the entire world into Smiths until the third movie. I had a different way of looking at it when I was a teenager. What, how I remember it was that Agent Smith was, like, a huge deal. But when we went back to watch these movies, he was not in it as much as mm-hmm. I remembered. No. And it's funny because there is a lot of other villains in these films, like the Merovingian and the Ghost Twins and um, Cypher and the, the Sentinels and stuff. But at least, like, in, in the marketing and things like that, well, they're not iconic it's always... either. Yeah. And Agent Smith is, like, the most yeah. iconic, and he was the one that was um, in all the... He was like the ultimate bad guy, and I mean, I guess he is. The only other one was the twins, were the only ones that used the marking because I remember back then, because they had white suits because they yeah. look cool. Yeah. They were they had their own individual oh, poster, amazing. white, uh, and I didn't understand get that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No albino dreadlocks. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> They're no, ghosts, no, no. right? I'm I sorry. Those ghost are ghosts. Dreadlocks. They're ghosts. Spooky yeah. dreads. Yeah. They could go through cars. Yeah. I, <laughs> I love dread hyphen. <laughs> I feel like the first time I saw that, I was like, oh, these are cool characters. And yeah. then they died right away. And you're I like, don't, 
I thought it could have been really cool. They just mm-hmm. wasted it. It was a big waste. And then there was like vampire people and werewolves. That was like for one scene. Yeah, someone is a werewolf. Some people are werewolves. I it's guess. implied. It's implied that they are werewolves. I don't. It was what horrible. else can we throw? It in was there? horrible. Yeah, re- Reloaded is horrible. pretty bad. <laughs> I remember not liking it as much as Revolutions. And like on this watch through, I was like, the first movie standalone, pretty holds cool. up pretty well. Yeah. I yeah. remember thinking at the end of the first movie, oh, he just makes it so. That they all live in peace and just everybody yeah. in the Matrix can do whatever they want. And that makes it so that they're just like, oh, they live in harmony. Because it's like, oh, I live in the Matrix, but at least I can do whatever I want. Uh, and then, then they, they made these movies it. and I was like, oh, man, this is like Faulty Towers. Like, yeah. you could have just, you could have said something way earlier yeah. and fixed this whole thing. It yeah. reminded me of Bats of Future. Because like at the end of Bats of Future, they float, flew away in the DeLorean. And I was like, oh, that's the end of that. Perfect. And I was, and then Matrix was just like that to me. They, he flew away. Perfect. And then they had to, just like Back to the Future 2 and 3, build a whole universe. And then this, build a whole universe. And you're like, yeah. no. Do you guys notice when Agent Smith is taking over the Matrix and he's multiplying himself? Number one, he's just fucking going after everyone like the other programmed agents. He's turning into himself. I thought, that's, I thought oh. that was kind of interesting. Like, oh. he's going after everyone. Also, the Smiths. Get it? Ha <laughs> ha. Heaven knows they're miserable now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then the note that I was trying to find earlier when we were talking about how he's like, me, me. Me, it is murder. No, he was like, me, 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 me too. He thought I lost it again. And then they step on a tomato. That's the very important (laughs) beat after that transformation. First, the agent takes over that lady and her groceries. But then Smith takes over that agent. He's, and then they step on her groceries. <laughs> he says, "He says, Mr. Anderson, welcome back. We missed you. And then he'll, he says, like, the rest of me will enjoy the show. Like, he's talking. So now you're in Revolutions. Yeah, yeah. So I think in Revolutions. <laughs> but he's just, he's talking like there's more of him. And I think that's really cute. Um, and I'm glad that they did that because they, they didn't have to have dialogue like that where he's recognizing that. He isn't just himself anymore. He's us now. Like, like they... I, I like that. I, I feel like they kind of give him cheesy villain stuff in Reloaded. I like he's it. sort of... He's a... Uh, he's a wild card. And in the third movie, I thought they gave him actual intimidating and creepy stuff. And I think in the third movie, I really liked his villain stuff. Because it wasn't as step on a tomato... Like, it didn't need those beats, because it was just like, he's creeping around, and there's always, like, a snake of Smiths, like, ever-present, and, like, you really feel like the whole world is starting to comprise of just Smith. Um, So I really like the first time you see him in Revolutions, there's just a bunch of Smiths walking up a stairway towards you, and it's just like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. And then they take over the little girl and repeat that line... And take over the Oracle, and then he gets to do a classic evil laugh, and it's Hugo Weaving doing a classic evil laugh. Like, man, he's got a very expressive mouth. I didn't like, like it. Like, oh, oh, he loved it. It was. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's so creepy, and you know, it's sort of like it's the only cheesy beat I think he has in this movie. Whereas he's he's either very very angry and Dragon Ball Z, or sort of panicking. And this laugh is the one thing where it's like cheesy versus creepy. It looked Doctor Evil. 
really good. He does oh, yeah, that. Yeah, and he takes off his sunglasses before he left. Oh, does he? Because yeah. he's the oracle and he can see everything. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, he he no. does like a nice like um, I have a cookie. <laughs> he does like a fake laugh when he's talking to the little girl, like that uh, that laugh that you do when you're talking to uh, children. The uh, <laughs> there you go, little buddy. He cracks his neck a lot. This is a theme in all three he movies. Does. Why yeah. does he do that? It's just, just intimidating and cool. Yeah. I think yeah. The first time you see it is in the train fight or subway fight when Neo finally lands a punch. He's like, oh, what the fuck, and then like, or maybe it's when his sunglasses break he like takes them off and cracks his neck oh. yeah, like, but, like, uh, I like it when he fixes his tie yeah in the end of Reloaded or um the fight in Reloaded with all the Smiths where we all learned what CGI was gonna become <laughs> yeah, the bur- yeah. Is it called the Burly Brawl or Burly Brawl as soon why as is he- it called that all the podcasts he- I listened to called it that that's just what they called it. I mean, that's what the, the everything looks like smooth, it. blurry. They created it. Who, who, who? The creators, they created it. So I don't How know do we know it. that as a people? Because I saw it behind the scenes of them calling it that. I mean, they, they actually, called it the Burly Brawl. Yeah, because that was their their tech. They were so proud of this. Tech Why didn't at the time. they call it the Burly Brawl? <laughs> because by blurring all that motion, they could have these CGI people. And the, you wouldn't realize the, they were. I'm sorry, the blurry. The, the blur. Brawl? The blur of motion. Blurry or burly? I thought they. I thought everyone was saying the. Burly okay, let's look. Oh, I thought it was brawl. blurry brawl. I thought it was burly. Blurry brawl. Burly brawl? I thought it was burly, yeah. Let me see. I, he, there was, I listened to podcast after podcast covering the Matrix, sure, and they were all burly. calling out, oh yeah, <laughs> the burly brawl. Oh, I would and call it like, burly. Who is burly, burly. in that scene? Bur- oh, it's the song. Oh, is that the song? song? By Juno oh. Reactor. Oh, is that why? That's why they <laughs> the call music. it that. I would call it the blurry because they use the, blurs to hide the Oh, that's the name of the, the song. The name of the song is the burly CGI. So they named it after the music. So okay, well, at least we know the reason. Oh, I hate it more. Juno Reactor yeah. was, good in it. got huge. Juno Reactor is great in all three movies. <laughs> I actually like the score of the first movie a lot. The, the not first, just the music. Also, the music's fun and the score itself is really good. The it's first and really third, good. also very good music, yeah. but Reloaded... Like the highway scene music, it's I have really to say, cool. is atrocious. I was like, just like, <laughs> I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool. I honestly didn't realize that they were going back and forth until you said something. Like, there's two songs playing at the same time. <laughs> there's two songs that that's go right. Back I guess you're right. It's bad. <laughs> yeah. it's editing, like, oh, I just thought it looked cool. I oh no, no, I love the I love the highway scene, but watching it this time as yeah, an adult, yeah. I was like, I cannot listen to this. <laughs> they every time they do a cut they change the music and i'm like that's not how we learned that that's not how music is like Hans Zimmer fixed all these problems (laughs) later but revolutions i remember i listened to that soundtrack a ton as a kid because like the last choral outburst is very epic it's so like ode to joy like bombastic (laughs) it's like yeah this is i was like i think my favorite part of revolutions the first time was the credits when they just started that? I was like, ha, ha, yeah. It goes right into it, too, doesn't it? It's oh, like, yeah, just da, 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 as da, da, da. soon as it cuts to black, it's like, oh, so, yeah. 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 <laughs> That's pretty much what it is. Uh, that probably kept people in the theaters for that. They probably stayed for the whole credits. I remember going home. Happening? I remember going home, getting on Kazaa. You remember Kazaa? Oh, green, green themed. Yeah. All the green themed P two P's because the Matrix. It was like. Yeah. Limewire, green. Limewire. Yep. Well, I went Anyways. between all of them. I it was up there with the Phantom up. Menace. It was. Uh, Duel of the Duel Fates. Duel of Fates. It's, it's, it's the same song. It's basically the same <laughs> really song. Is. Eric, you were talking about how this takes a lot from like anime stuff. 
Uh, that is very apparent to me when um, the end of the third mm. film, there's like thousands upon billions, question mark, of Agent Smiths just standing around. And he has the uh, respect to hold back because obviously I feel like if he turned basically the entirety of the Matrix into himself, they so could have just all attacked Neo and killed him right there. But it's uh, like a respect thing, a respect for the fight or whatever in your opponent, which I've seen in a thousand anime TV shows and it drives me crazy. But it's a cultural thing that I'm just like an impatient person that would probably play dirty in a fight. But that's not how Agent Smith is going to do that. And the transition here, too, is it goes from old school kung fu to, as I put in my notes, from old school kung fu to straight up Dragon Ball Z. Straight but up. it's still, on this viewing, I was kind of into it. Like, I liked when he does the pose oh, against the lightning strike. Oh, I love that Right last. before he I loved it. Kyle drives him. I, I love like, Dragon Ball Z. This is cool. Like, All right. And that's another thing. In Dragon Ball Z, they'll stop and, like, wait for everyone to, like, power up and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Eric, how many Dragon Ball Z characters does it take to screw in a light bulb? <laughs> no. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know 23 either. 23 episodes. I don't know either, but it takes three episodes to do it. <laughs> no, no, there it is. Because they'll charge up. There's like a move. The spirit bomb. There's a move that Goku did. The spirit bomb. And it takes like two episodes for him to power up enough to do it. But the point is his opponent, no matter how evil they are, they stand there and let him power up because it's a like respect thing. Mm -hmm. And that's totally what Agent Smith is doing because he could have just had like 200 of himself pile onto Neo and like suffocate him or tear him apart or whatever or hold him down to like... Um, Bite him. To yeah. do the turn myself into you thing. The move. I thought it was just the artist like we're just going to copy and paste and we don't want to animate the rest but of it. But it is a weird... <laughs> It's a weird thing where it's like, so Neo already did his punch through you and delete you, yeah. and it didn't work. Like, he stayed around, so all he can do is let Smith do the same thing, because they're in a programmed universe where they can't hurt each other because they both know the well, code Well, Neo so did well. that so that the computer could destroy Agent Smith. The, um, the this machine, time around, the, yeah. the star baby machine. I, whenever I see that, the, that scene, the, um, the star, star baby, baby cod, I think of a cross between, it's like... It's like the sunshine baby from the Teletubbies oh, yeah. mixed with all of that mid to late 90s imagery of like mm -hmm. Sarah McLaughlin and like uh, the stars on the the Smashing Pumpkins album. Yeah. Did you see Dark City? You remember Dark City? Heck so that came out the same year as this. And um, that was when me and my friends always had the competition. You know, the Matrix could have used a Sutherland well, too. Well, they, they both the films kept very have the similar. Same, the films have the same styles, but that specific yeah. like star shape. That's they have a, a baby face in that too, like a big baby face thing. In, in Dark, Dark City? City? Yeah, there's like a clock and it's like, Mr. Hand, shut it down. And it's like a face Ugh, that closes That out. one guy is so hot. Is it Mr. Hand? No, I love not that Mr. movie. Hand. Yeah. That's another movie I think of in the future. But I'd that's say, the yeah. actor that, did, that was Riff Raff from yep. Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yep. He yep. plays the main yeah. He wrote Rocky guy. Horror Picture yeah. Show. Yeah. Have you seen Dark City? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love it. You should see Dark City. That's a great movie. That's another movie that came out we the will, same year. We will totally yeah. do Dark City. Okay, okay. Very Dark similar City stuff. came out the same year. Same year. Actually, I no, no, no. It. I oh. thought that it came out the same year, but it came out like a year before or after. Oh, I but what pissed me off was... my sister was into Dark City, but my dad took me to The Matrix. Do you see why? I'm like, how can that be? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's well, see. everybody was so obsessed with The Matrix. And then when I, oh, I saw before? Dark City oh. in the theater, I was with two oh. other people... 
And then there was a couple with yeah, us, and out, and other than that, the theater was empty, and it pissed me off. Because to me, Dark City, I preferred over The Matrix, and they mm. were very similar films, and fucking no one went to see Dark City. Yeah, Dark City is horrifying. a cult classic now, you would call it, to most people. It's and Jennifer Connelly and... Um, Alex Proy has directed the what's crow his face? Sutherland. Yep, Sutherland. Keeper Sutherland. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway. Anyways. Uh, one of my notes was, I would like to be in a room stuffed with Agent Smiths. I like Lawrence Fishburne. Can you? But Donald Sutherland is Morpheus. Oh, it would have been kind of <laughs> fucking great. Yeah, that would be a very like Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie. Oh, though. he would have had to get in shape. Oh boy, God. for the kung fu. You know what I yeah. kind of wish though, because I I like Lawrence Fishburne as Morpheus, but if it was like Morpheus and his brother Donald Sutherland, and his name was like I don't know Roland or something. Rufius. Roland Emmerich. <laughs> That could be his name. <laughs> well, they couldn't get a Sutherland because they were busy with Dark City. Did you notice that the guy that Agent Smith uses to go into the real world, like in a human meat suit, he looked like Hugo Weaving? Like creepily like a I very mean, similar actor? I felt he just talked really well like him. He, he had good mannerisms, but I didn't see it visually. When he came to life as Agent Smith, I was like, is that Hugo Weaving with like prosthetics on his face? And it was like a different actor that just looked a lot like him. It was very weird. And that's when Neo is blind, yeah, and he can't yeah. see humans, but he can see machines. And when he is looking at the human that Agent Smith took over, he's looking at the Agent Smith that we see from the Matrix. Because Agent Smith has never had a physical form, yeah. Right. So that's so yeah. that's really weird. That's his so, representation. So Neo can see machines, but because he's looking at Agent Smith as a person, inside of a person, he's seeing the Hugo Weaving suit with the sunglasses version of him. Very weird. It's interesting. In the first movie, I said, you know, this actor's doing a decent Hugo Weaving but in, impression, in, right? in revolutions yeah. i was like man his impression gets way better and i thought the scratching his wrist thing was like i thought it was an allusion to adjusting the collar of the suit huh. because the program has always had a suit like there's no uh, naked agent like they point. have suits right so i was wondering if it was sort of a weird thing about that or if it was just straight up like he doesn't like sweat and skin yeah. and like flesh which is also yeah. good but i thought he, the actor in the third movie probably had more time to, like, sit with Hugo Weaving and, like, kind of, like, learn some mannerisms because, like, his cadence is really on. Yeah. And his tone is really on. And it's just, oh, it's so much more creepy. I, I like it a lot. that Hugo Weaving, because he had to, like, make up that, that Agent Smith cadence. And I never really liked it. I think it's kind of cheesy. So I wonder whose idea that was. Like, the writer, the directors, himself. Like, let, let's talk like, like this. Because yeah. it sounds really dumb and annoying. Probably combo, yeah. I think what I like about it is that the other agents are like, so their cadence is, we are very robotic. Yeah, we must do different. this. But Smith has pauses, which he intimates. Talks like this. It intimates and it goes that he's up thinking. And down and all around like a sing song merry go round. To me, it makes it me think really that he's weird. like, he's not going. Beat, 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 beat. Because he's looking for better, like, words to put in there. So he's like, every pause is sort of like a search for a better word to be more titular but or, his, like, more uh, titillating. But his sentences flow up and down like he's talking out a song. 
Because I think is that so, just his program trying to be like, I'm gonna be different. I'm gonna talk like this. With the unable to speak line, another agent would have been like, "There is no need for you to protest. You will be unable to speak." Whereas yeah. he's like, "What use are a phone call?" Eyebrows. Question mark. Eyebrow yeah. question mark. <laughs> if you are unable to speak, and it's like, yeah, yeah, like you're. He knows how to be terrifying, but he has to like it costs him some of his computing power i'm like yeah this is a cool robot <laughs> i didn't think i was going to be as into this when i suggested it and i was like this is such a i was like this is a better villain than i remember well he was such a huge iconic villain and that's why i was so disappointed that he wasn't in the movies as much as i recalled but um he is one of those uh freddy krueger villains where he has a lot of history that I can no longer find and point out directly to, like online, for instance. I just have these yeah. memories of growing up as a teenager, as a young adult, just remembering people and in our general culture and online and the friends I had at the time. Agent Smith was like a really big deal and he was a villain that was really attractive and funny and interesting and He's like a villain that if people had posters of him, they would put them on their walls or something like that. He was one of those. And I don't have any specifics. He was just a really big deal. And I feel like in the early 2000s, there's no like vines. There's no video. There's no like place where we could go where there was like a cap. It was, there's no time capsule of this. There's nothing saved. It was like internet chat rooms and Things that were pre-MySpace. -my like, I remember there was, like, a social media this site. This was pre-MySpace. It was. It was, like, during but pre, especially the first Matrix. But there was a website called, I think it was called My Open Diary or just, like, Open Diary Live or something. Journal? No. Might have been around. No, it was called My, My Diary, I think. And it was, like, it was a social media site where... You had your diary and you would post your diary and you could follow other people's diaries hmm. and you could post pictures and stuff and add music. Yeah, that it sounds was, super cool. It was pre-MySpace. But this was like when that's what was going on online socially when The Matrix came out. So there's no way to go back in time and find people in 1999 to 2000 to 2001 like kind of like gushing over Agent Smith like they were. But they were. It's one of those things you just have to... Go yeah. back in time to experience. Well, I there's suppose. a new one being yeah. made right now, right? So that's the. What? There's a new one being made. So if Matrix? you look it up, yes, there's a new Matrix being written right now. They are bringing the franchise back. Do you know what the plot is? There's no plot reactor back. No, but I do know that it is being worked on because they're they're at the point where they have to redo it again. Do you guys have time. any more notes about the yeah. movie? I like that the very last Agent Smith that's oh. generated by Neo never talks. He just like nods and then. Oh, the Neo Agent Smith? The Neo Agent Smith, yeah, doesn't talk and like It's a weird shit eating grin. Yeah. I I liked it. I was like, this is cool and uh I just like that it's sort of ambiguity. Do like you... is this even a Smith? Like is it just a shell thing? Do you and think it's a shell? that because <laughs> Smith kind of uh sucks up everybody that he consumes, that smile is basically Neo being like, haha, now you're fucked. I was the key to. I thought to it was more that the, the machine world had no way to access this virus until Smith hits Neo, who they hooked into the right. Matrix. So they're just like, oh, now you're gonna fucking die. So this because now we can actually remove you from the system. So that shit eating smile is 
that Agent Smith. It's sort of, I think it's the machines and Neo sort of smiling together. Like, like, guess what, man? (laughs) It's a knowing grin. So I did like that. I like that last iteration of the villain is like, doesn't have any of the sass. It's just the shell. Yeah, I do like how crazy or unstable the Oracle Smith gets. Because he takes his sunglasses off, does a maniacal laugh. And then does that entire last fight scene where it's just second-guessing itself and doing Dragon Ball Z stuff. Mm-hmm. My reloaded notes. I mean, <laughs> when I'm not Sad. enjoying a movie, I start taking a lot of notes. And there's Alcohol just like, oh, and I sadness. Got, I got a lot of problems, a lot more problems with this movie. Hog wild on CGI. And... and no more body horror. They never went back to that after the mm. first one. I do like at the end of that Smith fight, they all just kind of standing around and a couple in the background crack their necks and the one in the foreground cracks his neck. So it's like this thing they all do and then they all just fuck off. That was great. Uh... I like to think about what Agent Smith, since since Smith is trapped in the Matrix and he can't get out, but then he's turning everyone into himself, like what he just did in his spare time with himself, just like hanging out, like they just walked around, I guess, or just like... Is there Smiths, like, sitting on benches or just, like, laying in the street? Because no one's driving at this point. It's just all him. There are, I mean, there's, like, they, an like entire talking. grid of people who just fell on each other. Yeah. Who, maybe they live They're, like, domino. There was, like, a domino noise or, like, when they're getting hit. But, I mean, just, like, in that spare time, I almost want to say he has the type of personality where they would just be standing there doing nothing, like, not speaking. But if he has such a personality and he wants to get out of there and he's so different and whatever and he wants to be his own program, I can imagine him just like doing stuff to pass the time. I mean, I, he would never be like, let's leave this city and drive to to Wyoming or like, let's see the Grand Canyon, me. No, he's trying to get the F out of there. Let's no. do it, Thelma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it for my notes. And the new Matrix, Matrix movie is not a uh, reboot. It is kind of a continuation god it i hope like. not it's without the wachowskis that it sounds like so far it's just what? it's in development right now oh yeah i guess the producer jill silver and the wachowskis didn't get along and somehow it's some weird stuff it was never really their movie anyway it was that sophia person that's what people sophia say Sophia turner that is interesting i don't know she said she developed the terminator as well uh it's an interesting story with her well, um she never actually she went to court for in it in her books to those people they never used mm. it and then they turn around and used it just like i don't know I, I just find that the story's not that original if you think about the matrix it's like there's just so many god things like this in sci-fi they still like, took her novel I, I know but i'm just saying i bet other people sent in the same stories like that i i don't know I, i've heard her interview and she's a little kooky i won't lie she's a little off her rocker in my opinion i've listened to her talk but there are a lot of like yeah philosophical basis and like and religious bases that they draw on here like the, yeah. the whole brain and brain in a jar yeah. philosophical thing like a thought experiment a lot of people have written stories yeah. based on that kind of thing like this is one of them westworld is another is a recent yeah. one that has like a, another sort of delve into that same concept but still so. i mean i haven't read the novel that she wrote you can read it now actually it's like online you can like order it online but i feel like if you're going to sit there and say, I sent in something to the Wachowskis, they didn't use it, then they made The Matrix, and it's literally my book, I would have to believe that person. Uh, it is before social media. So yeah, she sent it in back content. when it was like a magazine. It wasn't even a movie studio yet. She sent it in as like a, they had a magazine they ran, I, I think. Yeah. That, that was, I, yeah. I just feel yeah. like if you're going to point it's interesting. to a script and say, that's my, <laughs> that's my book, 
Yeah. It's probably your book. Because she had like, that trial during, because I, when I was working on the game, I remember they were talking about it a little bit. Because yeah, we were hearing about this, and she, I guess they had the trial, like, in 2011, later on, I found out. And she never showed up, even. So, like, the question is, did she think, did she not, did she get paid behind the counter? Did they give her, like, to shut up about it? Or, no, no, did no. It, you know, you don't know, because she never showed up. Yeah, she never even went to court for this. I think they so. offered, yeah. no, she did go to court for it, and they, she didn't win. So, she didn't get oh. any money. Oh, I thought they said she didn't even show But I up. think oh. somehow, like, someone tried to offer her hush money, and she just... Mm-hmm. Either she took it and then broke the hush part, yeah. or she didn't take it. Yeah. But I think that was, like, offered, because I've heard of that. Once again, I, I went to her website today, actually, because she said she invented the Terminator as well. Is her so. name Sophia Turner? I think so, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I was like, oh, the Terminator too. I'm like, this is getting a little weird. I don't know. Anyway. It's like, anyways, yeah, that's interesting. Okay. <laughs> Hugo Weaving had to have hip surgery from the fights in the first film and had cracked ribs. Oh, shit. Yeah. It's Keanu Reeves. Oh, it's so good. like a machine. They all got kind of fucked up. Like, I heard Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss had some physical issues as well. I think they were dropping him pretty hard on those yeah. wires. Yeah. yeah. Keanu is actually an awesome action star. He gets he learns what He's he amazing. wants to do. Yeah, I yeah. love him. So, oh, I, love him. I liked this comment enough to copy down his name. Um, someone on YouTube named Milton Tavares. T-A-V-A-R-E-S on YouTube said um, it would be super great to see Hugo Weaving in John Wick 3 just oh, as a, a character idea. probably in a suit they have yeah. Morpheus fucking fantastic. Oh, yeah. they have Morpheus in the second one I think Morpheus yeah. was in the second one yeah. I didn't even notice that he, he was. was in there for a scene yeah he was in there I remember him what? being in there yeah he's like he is in John Wick 2 because I remember that was, was a big deal the reuniting of Morpheus and Neo and John oh, Wick 2 oh then fuck yeah bring bring yeah. uh Please bring Hugo Weaving into John Wick 3. It's that kind of a franchise. It's like subtle, but they can play with it. They need to get the other guy from Bill and Ted, is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> John Wick? Alex, Alex, uh, he would be Winters. like a bellboy or something. Well, they're making Bill Anything. and Ted too, right? They're making that. They're making they Bill and Ted 3? 3, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, they're making it. They announced that. Like, they actually took a picture oh, of it. We're that? doing this, yeah. They're making another Bill and Ted film, yeah. yeah. Oh, shit. Uh, uh, I'm so amazing. pumped for that. Oh, yeah. But it's yeah, they could bring yeah. back all kinds of people. Yeah. yeah. That'd be kind of cool, yeah. Uh, there's a lot online about uh, Agent Smith being the one, not Neo, because of Smith's storyline and how exactly he interacts with the other characters and when. How Agents, I mean, I know that Neo's name is Neo and Neo translates into the one or one, but um, people are saying that for reasons I didn't really read into that Agent Smith is actually the one Pretty much based on the uh, how the end of the film is. It's actually because of him that we get the ending that we get. And he was the program that deviated from the system. That's interesting. I'm not going to say no. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. cool. Uh, and then, I don't know, there's like cosplay and fan fiction and all the cosplay. It was kind of, it was, I, <laughs> the Agent Smith cosplay is a lot like the Herbert West cosplay, wherein it's a lot of men and women just doing frowny faces. Because you can pretty much only do one face to kind of really hit home that you're that character. If you smile, yeah. you're a man in black. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's a damn, it's a conundrum. Yeah. Um, there was some deviant art, but I, I guess Hugo Weaving, especially as Agent Smith, is pretty hard to accurately draw. Just to get that hair and that face. He's got a singular it's face. It's kind of difficult to yeah. get that, to translate that through art. Uh, and then I just have my hashtags. Um, I'm getting longer and longer hashtag chunks. So uh, is Agent Smith Daddy one? No, 
There was oh, no daddies. I thought for sure oh. at some points I was like, Smith daddy or Agent Smith daddy? Like, I yeah. did get boyfriend. I, I came across a lot of boyfriend stuff and I have one of those. So um, hashtags, again, I get these all from Tumblr. So here we go. Hashtag maybe one day Smith will chill. Hashtag it's a good time to remember how thirsty I am for Agent Smith. Now I'm sad because no one would no one would agree with me except like one person. Not true. We're doing a whole podcast about it. How many people have used that hashtag? (laughs) Yeah, because it's so ridiculous. That's going to be the hashtag we use. (laughs) Um, Hashtag look at that adorable disgruntled computer program. (laughs) Hashtag I love them. I just liked it because they said they said them instead of him. Mm -hmm. I love it. Hashtag oof a boy. (laughs) A boy. (laughs) (laughs) Oof. Um, hashtag, in all caps, boyfriend, boyfriend, boyfriend. Hashtag, 3 a.m., time to post Agent Smith. And hashtag, he could read me a grocery list and I'd be on the edge of my seat. Very sweet. I didn't go asking for any creep corner stories or anything. I just didn't want to bother people. Yeah. You know, a lot of this fanfic is probably archived like yeah it's probably not even on the web anymore it's probably not <laughs> there's a, an older website people used to use called fanfiction.net which i'm sure has a lot of uh matrix fanfiction on it i didn't go there hmm. but there's a good amount on archive of our own which is the i think the most popular and then live journal i never go there either i'm sure they have a, a good a great deal and it's mostly like it's like smith it, well i mean all the main characters Smith and Trinity, Smith and Smith, my favorite. Smith on Smith. Smith on Smith on Smith on Smith. <laughs> Smith and Neo, Smith and Morpheus, and then Smith with um, Jada Pegan Smith's character. I don't remember her name with the bad. Niobe. Niobe. Niobe with the bad glasses. Yeah. So glad with I watched this recently. The crisscross glasses. glasses. Yeah, those glasses are atrocious. I yeah. thought her glasses were the worst. The worst. There's a lot of bad glass sunglasses in this. Scenes yeah, pretty yeah. bad. The scenes that she's in, I just remember staring at her glasses and nothing else. <laughs> she feels like she's trying to be tough compared to the it other It dominated girls. the yeah. scene. <laughs> yeah, I never liked She was cool in the video game. That's the thing. Well, the yeah, video, wasn't it mostly game. about her, the video game? Yeah, and another yeah. character called Ghost or something like that. His name was And Ghost. then the kid. Uh, yeah, the uh, kid yeah. that's like, I want to be like you. I'm, I'm a puppy with my tail. He might be in yeah. there somehow. Yeah, you might be right. He's yeah. an animatrix. Yeah. yeah. He's an animatrix. That's right. That's the other thing. The whole anime thing that they made. She has a part in the animatrix too, right? I don't think so. Oh, right. No, okay. I don't no, think so. No, she's just a video, video game tie-in. It is cool how okay. they tied all that together. It's really cool. What food would would Agent oh, Smith be? Oh, shit. The steak that he was eating with Cypher. <laughs> is it Agent Smith eating the steak with Cypher? Well, yeah, I don't think he's, he's giving him the steak, but he's probably Ew. a steak. <laughs> Agent Smith would not be a steak because he hates human meat. I know. And like meat in general, it's all steamy and smelly. But if you want him to be the meat... I'm thinking he's lying. Wait, Ellen. <laughs> yeah. That's a good idea. You know why he is a steak? Mm-hmm. Because he hates being trapped in all this like smelly meat suit stuff and sweat and he hates it. Yeah, so he, so he can be meat if he wants to because he's he stuck in the Matrix. Beef Wellington. Why is he Beef Wellington? Because Beef Wellington, you encase it in a pastry. It's like a beef loaf that you encase in a pastry. I love bake. Beef Wellington. That sounds <laughs> delicious. It's really good. But you're trapped. Oh, no. Wait, wait, wait. No. A Todurkin. <laughs> A turkey and a... Turducken? Turducken. <laughs> Turducken. Turducken. Oh, poor Agent Smith. You guys are just bullying him. Toe-durkin. <laughs> Toe-durkin. Toe-durkin. I still Durkin, but 
Turkey. I think you went to Furky. And I was like, so you can't stuff a tofurkey. <laughs> it comes in cubes. Yeah. Ooh, or sausage. Because he's encased in his own meat casing. Ooh, sausage would work. Yeah. You guys are being so mean to him right now. He doesn't like being in a meat suit. You guys are being so mean to him. <laughs> Sorry, I, I just thought of I mean, I was I'm thinking of any meat that's encased in meat. I'm thinking like astronaut ice cream, like that shitty fucking completely processed, dried out shit in a plastic... <laughs> package that. that you open up and it tastes terrible and it's food it's just very artificial <laughs> and robotic ice cream yeah astronaut ice cream i had it's as like, a kid yeah i mean don't have anything astronaut ice cream sounds delicious. Uh, not maybe, astronaut food maybe a googler yeah. but yeah this is like they sold it at gift shops it was a thing it's in like, the 90s authentic yeah. science like totally the ice cream they sent up with astronauts is there dairy in it? oh i don't know I don't know if there's anything. I don't good know in what's it. That's in why there. It's very if there's no dairy in it, I'll totally try it because I love ice cream. It might be vegan. Maybe. <laughs> it's just a very um, reproducible proxy for something joyous, like a person that I think, <laughs> I think it's a good ice cream. Yeah, I like it. it's, yeah. it's like a sorry excuse. Yeah. yeah. Or like dehydrated food, maybe, or like uh, but like gross like survivalist rations that are okay. just for purpose and. Because purpose is a big thing with Agent Smith. Oh, oh yeah. So okay. I kind of probably be cheated because I just happened to be thinking about this on the car ride over. So I know we're supposed to think of the food on the spot, but I... I, pre- I thought of that just now. I know you're supposed to. <laughs> oh, I see what you mean. Um, but I, I was accidentally thinking about it in the car and I came up with something really good. Okay, so Agent Smith is the charcoal fad... Oh, right? God. <laughs> the charcoal infused everything. So yeah. it's like charcoal ice cream, charcoal, charcoal water. Uh, waffle cone, cho- yeah. charcoal water. Oh, charcoal hamburger milk, bun. Charcoal hamburger bun, charcoal hamburger meat patty. Yeah. And yeah. it's like jet black, like charcoal black, if you will. <laughs> yeah. um, charcoal, oh. I've seen charcoal, pa- uh, not pate, the fish eggs. Called caviar. Caviar. Um, so it's basically, it's like, it's black, just like his suit and his sunglasses. And it's like and slowly so... infecting every food. Everything is mm. turning charcoal black because people are so into it. There's or salted caramel. Waffles. In the same respect. Yeah, charcoal <laughs> caramel. He's not a food. He's Trader Joe's. Oh. <laughs> He's Trader Joe's. Yeah. Because it infects every neighborhood. All of a sudden, and they have all their one, does, doesn't it? And then it just branched out. And Trader everywhere. Joe's has their own hummus. Trader Joe's has their own brand of vegan sour cream. But he would hate Trader Joe's. I think he's more of a Costco. It's gonna be sterile, really sterile. I like. Uh, it has to be something that affects everything. Astronaut ice cream that I forgot is like it's just sterile, like and. Because like, I feel like he was the sweat. first movie is like when they first opened Trader Joe's in California or some shit. And then the second movie was like America was like I like Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's? This is fantastic. Well, that's what I feel like he is. He's like this person that like the world doesn't really know about him, but he's fantastic. <laughs> and then the other part of the world, the subcultural world is like fuck you Trader Joe's. Even though it's magnificent. Trader Joe's charcoal ice cream for it's astronauts. Steak, yeah. Beef Wellington's filled with steak flavored charcoal astronaut ice cream oh god that's from trader joe's oh it's probably delicious then to space (laughs) to space (laughs) it's probably so good (laughs) uh okay um is agent smith hot or not 
Natasha. Yeah, I'm kind of a sucker for anyone in a suit. suit. I will say yes. Alan? Yeah. Uh, Evaluate. <laughs> he's just got, like you said, the suit. It's like a James Bond thing. I don't know. He just... And he's the power. Simple. And that's all I got to say about it. I don't know if it's being picked up, but you might hear a hypnotic thrusting noise, <laughs> and it's the dog holding onto a sock. And he's... <laughs> it sounds like a... With a rhythmic washing machine. It's in an epic struggle. And it's rocking the couch. I don't know if it's getting picked up. I just want to preface and if if a creepy noise is playing. Okay. Eric. I say totally hot. Introduced America to Hugo Weaving. Got him some good roles. And he has a singular face. Very expressive. And I think the suit thing... I think that's a pretty popular, like, fetishized thing. I'm, I'm down with that. But yeah, I just think he goes through a different villain story than most, and I, it was fun rewatching it, except for Reloaded. <laughs> except for Reloaded. <laughs> Frowny face. Yeah, that's definitely There's first. a couple of Smith bits that are good. I'll give it that. Uh, I'm going to say totally yes. Hugo Weaving isn't, like, a, comp- a complete babe, but... Agent Smith, his personality is just really great because I like I like villains that are sympathetic. I like villains that are funny, and he has a lot of comic relief stuff. Um, he gets really emotional, but he like becomes emotional when he where he wasn't before, and that's like totally my favorite. He's a guy in a suit that works for me. Uh, I like that he fights. That's cool. There's a he has nice uh, shiny shoes. A plus, A plus. He's in the pouring rain. A plus, A plus, A plus. That's pretty much all I need. Natasha? Uh Uh-huh. I am so excited about what we're doing next month. What was your choice? Tell them what they've won. Little Shop of Horrors. Probably. So Audrey 2, which is a plant. Hallelujah. And also (laughs) probably a little bit of Steve Martin as the, um, like, black... Um, pleather, plasticky, apron-wearing dentist. Oh, yeah. Because so creepy. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. When you said Steve Martin as the black pause, I was like, Steve Whoa. Martin does not play a black guy, does he? <laughs> I was like, I do, I do no. not remember that. Only, only in The Jerk does he do that. <laughs> no, I was trying to figure Yay. out the material that his apron was made out of. Because it's like oh, a yeah, shiny... Oh, yeah, it's like a shiny... I wanted to say leather, but it's not leather. It's like no. a plastic. It's like a black plastic. It looked like something you would see in Mercury yeah. type situation. But... Such a good movie. Uh, yeah. Really excited about that. No, so that would be super fun. Um... I'm glad we did Agent Smith. That was totally on the list. I think that's something that we've mentioned a couple times on the podcast. Uh, it's always it's in our zeitgeist. cultural zeitgeist movie. People are yeah. still always mentioning The Matrix. There was random podcasts that I was listening to that had nothing to do with The Matrix that were just like, haha, like Neo from The Matrix. There was some stuff that hadn't aged well, but I really enjoyed rewatching it. Yeah. And I... I just remember... The spaceship didn't age well. And there's a lot of philosophy yeah. talk. There's a lot of grandiose oh, yeah, speeches. Oh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, there's yeah. a lot. Yeah. And so it really, much. It really was when filmmakers hadn't... Uh, these filmmakers were really going to work their personal philosophy 
and all their favorite philosophy books into the movie. Yeah. But they also worked on a lot of really fun kung fu references. Could have been Sophia. And, Could have been Sophia. Anime references. Like, Who knows? There's a lot of like stylistic fun. And there's tech and, that uh, was invented, like the camera movement that, yeah. that we all saw over and over. Just and a lot bullet of, time, the first yeah. dodging bullets was amazing. still looks really cool. Yeah. Like, then they yeah. made crouching ta- tiger, hidden dragon. Uh, yeah, and that was yeah. Yeah, yeah. they that were was based, the wires. Was they were the both start? basing stuff on old kung fu yeah. with like the, um, the, same, the high the flying, yeah. Yeah. the really cool kung fu movies that came out that oh. did the slow mo stuff. Yeah, because they yeah. were watching that coordinator's movies. Yep, and then they were like Wu Ping or something like that. Uh, it's definitely got a ping, something like that. Yeah, but yeah, he was a very they wanted the wire work. Yeah, I wanted to say Stephen Wu, but I was like, before we close, Alan, you're our guest. Do you want to plug anything like your video game <laughs> yeah <laughs> do i want to plug it come on uh, you should be proud of yourself oh uh, well yeah we worked on it and got it out so that's good uh it took a long time <laughs> uh yeah we made a game called state of decay you can play on the xbox or the uh, state of decay 2 state of decay 2 uh, and one we made both uh but this is the sequel just came out it's the you number one it. video game on xbox it is the number one game in america no it's every over in America. We were the I number one. I know you worked on that. Okay. I'm quite familiar with the game. Okay, cool. Number uh, one, yes. beating God of War and oh, Detroit. God of War is awesome. And Detroit Become Human. It's surprising. Oh, I we... wanted to play that game. Yeah. So good. Fucking play it. Yeah. Or watch someone play Let's it. Let's plug all yeah. the competitors. <laughs> yeah, the next Nintendo. Well, we're already number one. It's good. We're, we're, well, it's surprising because we're an indie studio and we, we do not have the money and the Alan, polish like that. congratulations. Them, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're surprised. Congratulations. Yeah. That's it was amazing. a big surprise. Yeah, anyways. But we're also, we just got bought by Microsoft as well. So we are working. I can say. some cool stuff. I can say that we are working on the future and it will be way better than what it's currently. I'm hoping we'll be. Why are you I hope talking we make so it. quiet? Because, I don't know. It's the. Just be like, hey, I talked about it all the time. Know, I worked on this Matrix game once, and uh, I, I hear the I don't talk about that. <laughs> yeah. I have to work on my impression of my husband. I have to really talk like this. Yeah. Uh, I hate plugging things I've worked on. But weird. you're a guest. You have to. I know. I know. <laughs> the anyway. podcast rules. Yeah, okay. Well, thank you for yep. doing that. Um, this has been the Super Hot Bad Guy Podcast. Yeah. You can follow us on Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, our Email address is hotbadpod at gmail.com. You can use that to send it in. You can use that to send in a creep corner story. That is where you send in how you feel about any hot, super hot villain that you've ever felt was super hot. Or you can tell stories about your friends or your family that have had weird obsessions with villains. Um, we don't Why care. Why not Just... send us your Little Shop of Horror fanfiction? Yeah. Send us something, we'll read it, we can credit you, or if you would like to remain anonymous, you can, instead of using our email address, you can send us, um, submit things anonymously through our Tumblr, follow us on iTunes, that is the easiest way to keep up with our podcast, because that will just send our new episodes straight to your phone. Um, oh, what else do we say? Is it? Creep it sleazy? Creep it sleazy. sleazy. That's the one. Get permission from Dan. Who's Dan? What? You ask every time. I know, I never remember. Dan Harmon. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't remember why I started saying that, though. I don't either, but I always ask. My memory sucks. Bye. Bye. Get permission. <laughs> <laughs>